Good morning. So glad to have you with us this morning. We're going to continue in our message series uh, from this day forward. And today we're going to talk about fighting fair. And uh, so we'll just get a, a quick video introduction to our message. We fight fair. We, we kind of set down some ground rules probably in the first couple of years that we were married that we would not fight in public. I don't remember the ground rules. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, that was one. We wouldn't fight we in wouldn't, public. That's a ground rule. Yeah. We try not to ever bring up anything in the past. We don't want, you know, if there's an argument today, we deal with the argument today. We never walk away during fights. We don't let it go. I mean, if we've got an issue or a problem, we have to settle it right then and there. When a person walks away, that tells the other person, like, this, this isn't worth it to me. I'm not willing to stay here and invest my time in making it right. We might be arguing and fighting, but I still, I, you know, I love you and I want to work this out. Listen to each other and respect each other enough to know that they have feelings and an opinion and it's important to them, I think. In a marriage, you're constantly thinking about, what can I do for him? And he's constantly thinking about me, what can I do for her? Putting ourselves, you know, kind of second when it comes to each other. We'll start to get upset about something and then we're like, really, on the grand scheme of things, this is really a big deal. So again, like Jamie shared last week, regardless of whether or not you are married uh, or are hope to someday be married, uh, some of the principles, actually all of the principles that we'll be talking about apply to our relationships in general. So regardless of whether or not you're applying these to your spouse or to other people that are in your life, whether it's in your family, coworkers, friends, uh, these principles apply. Now, do they directly apply to marriage? Yes, absolutely. Um, but I don't want you to check out mentally to say, oh, we're talking about marriage, I'm not married, or I'm, you know, in whatever situation that I'm in, um, this doesn't apply to me, because it absolutely does. So I don't, this morning, uh, I just want to just throw out a couple of questions. Um, anybody here married? Lots of hands. Awesome. Anybody here ever got into a fight with your spouse? Awesome. Awesome. Good. Good. Got to be honest. Anybody get into a fight with your spouse on the car ride here this morning? Oh, okay. Good. So it's a good Sunday morning. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Is that a hand over there, Cole? All right. We'll have some. We'll, we can talk afterwards. We'll talk afterwards. Separate. Yeah, separate vehicles answers lots of problems. So I want to share uh, the the ongoing saga, battle, never-ending fight that happens at our house. So my amazing and perfect and beautiful wife, <laughs> amazing, uh, unfortunately for her, was raised in a dysfunctional family. And so in, in her house, there was no issues whatsoever uh, with leaving cupboard doors open. And, and so this really didn't surface until we really were first-time homeowners. I don't know that it really happened when, it was when we lived in apartments, but when we bought our home, it was like I would walk into the kitchen and, and cupboard doors are just 
open, drawers open, and there's no one in the kitchen. And, and so I, I go into the kitchen, and I'm closing drawers, and I close cupboards, and I, and I walk out of the kitchen, and I went downstairs, and I did something, and I come back upstairs, and the cupboard drawers are open. Again, I'm like, do I have a poltergeist in this house? In a minute. <laughs> now, it, to her defense, what she's going to want to tell you is that I'm still using that stuff. I'm going to go back to that drawer. I'm going to go back to that cupboard and that cupboard and that drawer. So I'm just going to leave them all open. Now, Captain OCD, that drives me crazy. So, so I remember one time I, I absolutely lost it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I am going to teach her a lesson. So I went down into the kitchen. I opened every cupboard door pulled open every drawer. I opened the refrigerator, the freezer, the oven, the microwave, the toaster, the pantry, everything, and left and went to my room. <laughs> it's safe there. For three hours, I came back downstairs. She didn't even notice. <laughs> and she'd been in the kitchen. Didn't even notice. It was a long time. It was a long time. It was longer than 10 minutes. So, you know, it's one of those things where in marriage, fighting is going to happen. Uh, you know, it was just, just the other day, uh, we got into a fight the other day, and, and Terry came crawling to me on hands and knees. And, and, when she, and she came to me, and she said, get out from underneath that bed and fight like a man. Um, <laughs> All, <laughs> all, all couples fight. Every single one of us fight. And, and whether you're married today or not, um, you're going to have conflict with people. And the things that we're going to talk about this morning are going to help you uh, with conflict and with fighting. But here's the difference. Healthy couples fight clean. Unhealthy couples fight dirty. And a healthy couple... When, when you're having an argument, when you're having a disagreement, when you're in a fight over whatever it is, here's the goal of what a healthy couple, what a healthy fight looks like. When you're fighting, you're fighting for resolution. An unhealthy couple, an unhealthy relationship, when you fight, you fight for victory. There's a difference. Unhealthy. So don't be roo-hooing for victory. That's the unhealthy ones. Uh, there's a, a doctor, a guy named John Gottman, and he actually studied marriages and uh, studied marriages and relationships and fighting in marriages for over, like a 16-year study where he talked to people, and he was able to, in five minutes, in watching a couple fight, be able to determine whether or not that couple was going to make it or if that couple was going to end up in divorce just by watching the way that they fought. If you fight clean or you fight dirty. It's not if we fight, it's how we fight. And remember what Jamie said last week when we were talking about seeking God, that, that we are seeking Him first. He is our one. And if you're here this morning and you're preparing for marriage, you're not married yet, we seek the one while we prepare for our two. 
for our spouse, the, our, our, our number two. And, and then if we're married, we are seeking God with our two, that we're looking for every opportunity that we can to grow together in our relationship with the Lord, praying together, uh, doing quiet times together, all of those kinds of things. So I want to share a couple of scripture verses with you as, uh, as we get started. These aren't on the PowerPoint, Bruce, so uh, don't sweat these. These are extras. Um, and so if you're here this morning and you're a guy, let me hear you go, ugh, ugh, it's good. It's good. So, guys, this verse is for you. Proverbs 27:15. a quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. Man, ouch. All right, ladies, are you here? Because this one's for you. You ready? Ladies, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know what girls do. You don't grunt. What do you? Woohoo! Let me hear a woohoo! All right. So here's. This is the verse for you, ladies. It is better to have severe hemorrhoids than to live with a husband who is a jerk. That's that's Second Rob chapter four, verse two. It's not in the Bible, but it should be. It's the companion verse that goes with. With that one. All right, so let me remind you of where we, where we were last week, where we're today, and where we're going to be going. Um, so, Bruce, we've got that slide that, that gives us the outline for the series. So as we're going through this series, we're committing that we're going to seek God. Whether we're seeking God as a single person, we're seeking God as a married person, we are seeking God. That's our commitment. Let's say that together. We're going to seek God. Then we're going to commit to... Fight fair. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, you can join in with this. Then next week, Jamie's going to talk about having fun. And then in two weeks, we're going to talk about staying pure. We're going to commit to stay pure. And again, a reminder, um, if, you, if you weren't here when, when we started the service, uh, if you have your kids with you in service normally, uh, in two weeks when we talk about staying pure, that message is going to be rated R. Uh, we're going to be honest and open, and we're going to talk about real stuff. Um, so if you need to make arrangements, have them kids upstairs, whatever you need to do, um, it's going to be good. Uh, and then the fifth thing, we're going to wrap the, service, uh, the series up, that we're going to commit to never give up. Never give up. Like Winston Churchill, never give up. All right. So if you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 1. That's where we're going to be this morning. James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. And if you have your Bibles, if you don't, the scripture is up on the, on the screen. And let's do this. Let's read this verse out loud together, if, if you're comfortable doing that. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. We're going to talk about God's rules for fighting fair as he lays them out in this passage of Scripture. And the first one, if you're taking notes, is this. Stop to listen carefully. Stop to listen carefully. Everyone should be quick to listen. Have you ever tried to talk to someone while they're texting? It's hard. 
right? Did you just text me? Yeah, right, you just text them. Uh, I, I know it's one of those things where you're trying to talk to someone and you think that they're paying attention and they give you the uh-huh, and then, but then they're still, and then you said this and then uh-huh. My wife, I do that to my wife all the time. It drives her crazy. Um, and then this morning she was on her phone going, and I was like, who are you texting? Oh, Quick to listen. Proverbs 18.2 says this. It says, A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. A fool does that. No pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. When, when you are in a conflict, whether it's with your spouse or with someone else, stop and listen to what they're saying. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm not going to say that I have this whole thing all figured out. Uh, Terry and I have been married. Uh, it'll be 20 years this July. Pretty excited. Um, 20 years. Uh, and unfortunately, in our society, 20 years uh, sounds like a really long time. When you talk to some folks and marriages end after five years or ten years uh, or one year, um, but I've been married to the most amazing woman on the face of the earth for 20 years. And I'm just so thankful. Um, but we still fight. We still have issues. We still have conflicts. And, and so hopefully some of the things that, that we'll share this morning will be helpful to you. Uh, some of the things I'm still working on myself, this one included, being quick to listen. Because as guys... We're not quick to listen. We're quick to fix, right? When we're in a situation where something is broken, there's conflict, we're, we're trying to hammer something out, I'm not necessarily interested in listening to my wife's feelings as much as I am listening to how can I fix this problem so I can stop listening to my wife. And so I'm not thinking about how is she feeling, how is she, what is, what is she dealing with. I'm thinking about how can I fix this so that we can move on and I can continue watching Doctor Who. Um, just being honest. <laughs> but one of the things that we can do, guys, is that when, when we're in a conflict, we're in a fight, stopping and listening and then even more than that, repeat back what she just said. And, and not doing it in a way that, that, is, that is rude or, or demeaning, but just to say, look, uh, just give me a second to process this. What I think I'm hearing you say is this. And what that does is that it forces you to pay attention to what she's saying. And it also helps you say, okay, what, what's really going on here? Is this really what we're fighting about or is there something else going on? And the other thing that it does that's powerful is it validates her feelings, that I'm not just running over her feelings. I'm saying I'm stopping to listen to what you're saying and, and how you're feeling about it. Um, do I have that all the time? No. She's right here, so you can look for the bobbing of the head or the shaking of the head. Okay, Pastor Rob's got this one down, this one. Don't listen. No, just kidding. So just nod your head the whole time. No, just nod. But stop and listen carefully. 
Second thing is this. Guard your words faithfully. And James, again, back in James, verse 19, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Keep your mouth shut. It is not easy. That's not good either. Everyone should be slow to say, watch it. Proverbs 21, verse 23. It says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Uh, it's one of those things, one of those things that, you know, your mom hopefully taught you when you were younger, that if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. It, it's kind of like, uh, I, I remember this one comedian was talking about what he was what he was having a conflict with the person he was in a relationship with, and, and his response was, what I should have said was nothing. But what I did say was, um, keep your mouth shut. Two questions that you should ask when you're in the middle of it, when you're, when you're in the, the, the heat of this, are, are these two things. I don't know that they're on your notes, but they're important. Two questions to ask when you're thinking about what you want to say. And a lot of times for us when we're in a fight, whether it's with our spouse or with someone else, we're not listening because why? What's going on in our heads? Thinking our own thoughts. I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next, right? And, and so in the middle of the fight, if you remember the first thing, stop to listen. Be slow to speak. When you, when you want to respond, I want you to ask yourself these two questions. Number one, should it be said? And number two, should it be said now? Because sometimes we'll have things that we'll want to reply back with, whether it's a snappy uh, comeback or, or even something that's constructive, but it may not necessarily be the most helpful thing to drop that in the middle of the conversation now. That maybe it's something that you can say, okay, I, I, I really feel like I, I need to be able to say this, but right now, if I say it, it's only going to make things worse. And so I keep my mouth shut and save it for a time when it's not quite so heated. And you can bring it back up again. And you can say, you know, the other day I was thinking about this. What about? So stop to listen carefully. Guard your words faithfully. Asking those questions, should it be said? Or should it be said now? And, and here's something that's really, really going to help. Um, don't wait for the fight to, to talk about things. While things are good, while things are healthy, when you guys are in a good place, talk about some of the more difficult things in your relationship. Uh, a, couple of, a couple of things that you can do um, that, that maybe not necessarily are an easy thing to do and, and things that, that I, I'm wanting to, to do more in our relationship is to say, when things are good, Terry, what are some things that I can do that will be a blessing to you? What are some things that I can do to help you? If you wait until you're in the middle of a fight and then you drop that one, yeah, you're in trouble. But if you ask the question when things are good, how can I be a blessing to you? It gives you an opportunity to say, I'm, I'm thinking about you first. I'm thinking about my relationship with God, and I'm putting you before my own needs. And, and I, I'm addressing specifically to the guys, like we're the ones 
that are that are always the ones in trouble. But um, ladies, this works both ways. Uh, and and again, um, how can I be a blessing to you? And then and then ask. And this may be a dangerous question to ask, um, but but ladies and, and guys, if if your spouse has the courage to ask this question, don't use this as an opportunity to beat them up. But ask the question. How am I being a blessing to you now? Am I doing anything that blesses you now? And it will give her an opportunity or give him the opportunity to say, when you do this for me, that really blesses me. Um, But doing that when you're in a position of being healthy, when things are going good, will then earn you the dividends, the benefits of when it's hard because you've, you've had those conversations when things are good. My wife did something absolutely amazing last night. Um, I, we're getting ready. To, we're getting ready for bed, and 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 all of a sudden, in comes my wife with a pitcher, and a bowl, and a towel. And I said, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and she said, "God told me I'm supposed to wash your feet." And I. I didn't know how to respond, so I cracked a joke, and you know, because that's what I do when I'm uncomfortable. Um, but when things are good, to be able to speak blessing and life and love into your relationship um, is powerful. So number one, stop to listen. Number two, guard your words faithfully. Ask. How am I being a blessing to you now? And how can I be a blessing to you? Now, one of the things that they said in the opening video was laying down ground rules. And uh, Terry and I, when we do premarital counseling, and it feels like we've got, like every year, we've got like half a dozen weddings that, that we're officiating. And so we're in this constant mode of premarital counseling throughout the year. And, and sometimes it's tough because we'll have multiple couples that are, you know, getting either married in the same month or one right after the other. And so we'll be meeting with them, and we'll meet one on one week and then another couple the next week. And, and, and it's, it's difficult sometimes to keep it straight. What did I say to this couple versus what did I say to that couple? Um, but laying down ground rules. And I want to share with you some of the ground rules that we share, some of the ground rules that, that we use uh, in our marriage, because it's important. You know, what happens at the beginning of a boxing match? The two contestants come together, they touch gloves, and the referee says, we're going to have a fair, clean fight, right? We're going to be no cheap shots, no punching below the belt, and, and we're going to have a good, honest fight, right? Isn't that what they say at the beginning of the match? If you wait until you're in the middle of a fight with your wife to say, hold on, time out, we need to lay down some ground rules, it's too late. So we're going to talk about some ground rules. So, Bruce, I think we got a slide for our ground rules. Number one, never call names. Uh, when, when you use names when you're talking to your spouse, whether you're calling your spouse an idiot or a knucklehead or a retard or a dummy or any of those things, uh, that never helps. It's not ever helpful. So please, uh, don't, don't call names. The second one's a tough one. <laughs> Do your best 
not to raise your voice. That if you're going to have an argument, you're going to have conflict, yeah, focus, Dan. Focus power. Um, do your best not to raise your voice. Once the volume starts to increase, it becomes one of those things that's like North Korea. And that, that every time you say something, the next person's got to say it louder. And then this one's louder. And then this one's louder. And before you know it, you guys are both screaming at each other at the top of your lungs. Keep the volume under control. Don't get historical. It's not a typographical error. It doesn't mean hysterical. It means don't be historical. When you get into a fight, I remember hearing a story about a guy who he and his wife were arguing about something. I forget what it was. Um, but it was like a, a battle that was like years old. And then like, and he'd completely forgotten about it. And, and he described it that his wife was like a crocodile with her eyes just below the surf, above the surface of the water, waiting for the topic to arrive again. And as soon as it happened, she was like, ah! You remember when you said five years ago that you would do this? Or that you did this? Or you, and, and for us as guys, like our memory attention span, you know, we don't remember what happened you know, like this morning. But then when we're in the middle of an argument or, or a discussion, a heated discussion with our wives, they remember what we said on our first date and what we said on our second date and what you did wrong on your third date. Um, you cannot go back. I was talking with Dan this morning, and he was sharing something about our past. And he said, you can't go back, and you can't undo your sins from your past. We ask God to forgive our sins, and our sins are forgiven. So there's no sense worrying or stressing out about what happened in your past. It's past. Don't bring it up. This one's, this one's tough because it's got never say. Uh, never say never or always. Because that's one of those, those ultimatum kinds of words. You never get anything right. You always leave the cupboard doors open. You, oh wait. Yeah. Because what those do, those are, those are accusing words that there's no escape from. There's no wiggle room from never or always. Try not to use never and, and, and always. Never threaten divorce. In, in our house, we made a commitment almost 20 years ago that we wouldn't even say the word. It's, it's a swear word in our house. It's the D word. We don't use the D word. It's not an option. It's not on the table. You don't even get to pull. That card's not in the deck for us. It's not an option. Um, and, I, and I know that there are a lot of people uh, that, that, that that's tough. Um, you've experienced divorce, and, and, and I'm so sorry that that, that happened for you, and, and, and it's awful. But I believe with all of my heart that God has a plan for each and every one of us. Um, and, and, you know, should uh, you remarry again, that, that when, when you make that commitment that you remember this, that divorce isn't on the table. Um, my grandfather always said this, that when, when you're getting ready to get married, you keep your eyes wide open. And then once you're married, you keep them half shut. Um, so that you make sure that you, you're getting the full picture. And then once you're married, okay, I'm, I'm not going to let that. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. 
This, this is one that, that is really, really uh, important to me. Um, don't ever fight in your bedroom. And here's why. Your bedroom should be your sanctuary, the safest place in the house for your marriage. That's why when I opened up all the doors in the kitchen, I went to the bedroom because the bedroom is safe. Not allowed to fight in the bedroom because that bedroom is in your bedroom. When you close the door, that is your place of intimacy and, and it should be the safest room in your house. But if you fight there, then you've got no place that's that's a safe zone in your home. Fight around the kitchen table. Fight in the family room. Fight in the backyard if you don't have neighbors. Fight wherever you need to fight. And, and it can be tough when you've got kids in the house because you don't want to fight in front of the kids. Um, but you, you guard your bedroom like it's the holy of holies. Because in your marriage, your bedroom is the holy of holies. And then the last one, never quote pastor during a fight. <laughs> If you're in the middle of a fight, I don't want to ever hear, well, I was quoting you, Pastor Rob, when I... No, you got yourself into that mess. You get yourself out of it. I'll be back at my house closing cupboard drawers. All right? <laughs> Never quote your pastor during a fight? I don't. All right, so... Um, be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Guard your words faithfully. And then here's the third thing. Handle your anger righteously. This one's kind of a, a challenging one for us to, to get a hold of because a lot of times when we think about anger, we think anger automatically is bad and anger is sin. Anger is not sin. You, our, our emotions, God gave us our emotions, and our emotions are part of who God made you to be. What he does say is that in your anger, do not sin. So it's, it's possible to be angry, and it be okay. But it's, it's a dangerous place because it's easy for it to tip into sin. But I don't want you to think, that, that being angry means, oh man, you know, the devil's in my house and, and, and everything's wrong. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. I remember when Terry and I were getting married, um, my grandparents had been married like almost 50 years at that point. And I asked my grandparents, both grandma and grandpa, they were both ordained ministers, if they would be part of our wedding ceremony. And so Terry had her pastor and, and another, another guy from her church that was real influential in her life. They were part of the ceremony. And then my grandparents, and we were in Bible college, so we did our premarital counseling in Boston, and we got married in Rochester. But I remember sitting down with, with Grandpa Braun and saying, Grandpa, what, what can you tell me? You know, you guys have been married a really long time. You know, at that point, we were just getting started, and so 40-plus years was like forever. And I said, Grandpa, what, what can you tell me that can help Terry and I have a healthy marriage? And so I'm waiting for the wisdom of the ages, right? This guy had been in, in pastoral ministry, you know, for 50 years and married to my grandmother for 50 years. And Grandpa just simply looks at me, with his big brown German eyes and blinked, and he said, 
Don't ever go to bed mad. And I was like, that's it? There's got to be more to it than, than don't go to bed mad. But that is so, it sounds so overly simple that it can't possibly be enough, but it is absolutely true. Don't go to bed mad. Um, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry because when you do that, when you go to bed mad, you give the devil a foothold in your house, in your relationship. Uh, a, a, a wedge can be driven in between you and your spouse. Now, uh, there have been times where Terry and I have not slept for five days um, <laughs> while we worked through things. Um, and, and, you know, and there's, there's the, the defensive, I don't know if this happens at your house, it, it happens at our house, uh, the, the defensive posture, like the ultimate that we're, we're still fighting posture where you get into bed together and it's back to back, right? And, and there's that invisible line that's driven down the middle of the bed and don't you dare let your toe cross over the line. You keep your toe to yourself. And, and then there's the different kinds of in, in the middle of that battle because some people are the silent people who just sit there and are absolutely, like Terry, she, I think she holds her breath. Like she, like she doesn't even move. She's so still. And I have to wonder, is she still alive? And, and I'm, I'm not that way. I'm a huffer. Any huffers? <sighs> are any huffers in the room where you're like, huff? <sighs> She's silent. I'm pretty sure she's dead. And I'm, oh. and then I'll get up and I'll go into the bathroom and get to the, go in and slam the toilet lid, slam, come back into bed. She's still dead. Oh. Cupboard doors opened, slammed. Hang, handle your anger righteously. That it's okay to be mad. Having that emotion doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that there's something wrong. Anger is part of the emotions that God has given us. It's what we do with that anger. When we, when we use it to, to throw daggers or, or we use it constructively to say, look, this is how I'm feeling. I'm really mad at at." this situation or, or at what happened um, or the choices that we made uh, versus I'm, I'm mad at you. You always never idiot. <laughs> Let's take a look at this. Here's four signs that you're not fighting fair. Number one, you're criticizing. And, and so, you know, I remember there's a, a, a great Christian comedian who talks about uh, him and his wife. And, and his wife, she always gets, when she gets mad, she gets frosted. Things just frost her. And so uh, she, she came into their bedroom. And, and this guy, he, uh, when, when he would uh, get dressed or, or undressed at the end of the day, he would just leave his clothes on the floor. And, and it came back from his days from college where everything was about the least amount of physical energy that could be expended. And so he would drop his clothes, and they would just drop like in a trail 
you know, and, and, and he'd like wiggle out of his clothes and then would leave them where they were because it took less energy to do that. And so he tells the story of the one day that he came in and his wife walks up and his underwear is on the floor. And, and she says, are those yours? And, and he's thinking, well, if they're not mine, we've got a different conversation that needs to happen. <laughs> of course they're mine. I left them there. But criticizing somebody for leaving their socks on the floor or doing the dishes wrong or leaving the cupboards and drawers open, that you didn't get gas or that you never do this or that, There's, it's one thing to complain. And, and I'm not saying that complaining all the time, because remember, ladies, that verse at the beginning, uh, it applies both ways to a complaining, quarrelsome person is like a constant nagging drip. And, and guys, we can be just as annoying. But there's a difference between complaining and criticizing. If your spouse asked you, uh, because you don't have time in the morning to go put gas in the vehicle, and they asked you on Sunday afternoon when you had plenty of time, to go put gas in the car, and then you didn't, on Monday morning, it's perfectly acceptable for them to say, oh, I, I asked you to get gas yesterday, and, and to be allowed to complain, I asked you to do this yesterday, and you didn't do it. That really hurts my feelings. I'm, I'm upset that you didn't do that. That's complaining. Criticizing is your past complaining. You never do this. I ask you to do this, and you never do it. When you criticize, that's a, that's a pretty good indicator that you're not fighting fair. Contempt, because once you criticize, it's easy then to shift over into contempt and disgust, to use sarcasm, to roll the eyes, folding the arms. Oh, cannot believe that you did this. Then you move from contempt to defensiveness. Then it's no longer about what happened. It's not about me anymore. It's all about you. It's what you did. You're the one that failed. You're the one that made the mistake. And it has nothing to do with me. My kids have this gift. I think it's a spiritual gift of defensiveness where it's never their fault ever for anything. You can be the only ones in the house. And you walk in and the house is completely destroyed. And you ask, I don't know. I, I, well, it wasn't me. And then the last thing is stonewalling, tuning them out, shutting them down. And guys, this is, this is 85% of the guys, this is, this is what we do. We'll stonewall our spouses. Um, it's not fighting fair. As we wrap up this morning, I just want to encourage you. In marriage, in relationships, it's not if you're going to fight it's when you're going to fight, how bad is it going to be, and how fair are you going to fight. I said this at the beginning of the message, that healthy couples fight for resolution. Unhealthy couples fight for victory. It's not about winning. Because even if you win, you still lose. If you've won the fight, woohoo, I won. I got my way. You still lose because you've won at the expense of her feelings or at the expense of her trust or his. And when we fight, really, when there's a battle that's going on, 
The fight isn't between the two of you. The fight is against the enemy who is trying to come in between you and bring division and chaos and confusion. Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. If you're going to fight for anything, fight against the enemy and fight for your marriage. That's something worth fighting for. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would help us to fight fair. We, we're not going to pretend that life is, like I, I, I say often, fluffy bunnies and unicorns. Life is real. And, and as husbands and as wives and as people, we'll have conflict. But Father, we're asking you to come and help us to fight fair. That in our relationships, in our marriages, Lord, that when things are healthy, that we will bless each other, that we'll put emotional uh, gas in our tanks so that when the lean times come, when the tough times come, that, that we've invested in our marriages. Lord, I pray your blessing over every marriage here in this room, that you would strengthen the families and homes of LifeQuest Community Church, that we would be a beacon of light, that we wouldn't be like the, the 51% of Christian families that divorce just as easily as, as unchurched homes do, but that our families would be strong, our marriages would be strong. Help us, God, to fight fair. Be with us this week. Help us to honor you with our lives, with our words, with our actions. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. This week, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. If you're married, fight fair. Blessings. Have a great week. But originally it was just she's kind of she's kind of goofy in a, in a fun way just like a, a little almost like a kid um, so we can go shopping and have fun we can just kind of sit around the house and have fun I mean just there we don't have to do anything extravagant it's just enjoying each other's company I can't imagine spending time with anyone else besides him it's just fun and that's the other thing you know you just have to have fun we like to try a lot of different restaurants we're big food people yeah what's your favorite mm-hmm. kind of food Ethiopian. Even if we went to McDonald's for dinner and came home and watched TV, it was just our time together. Uh, we like to watch TV stuff, like on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Watch 24, watch Jack Bauer, blow up the world. He does have to figure out how to kind of sometimes just woo me, and sometimes I have to do the same thing for him because it's 32 years, you can get into a lot of ruts.